I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Not so long ago, the Steelers bumping Robert Spillane up to first class on their charter flights, treating him like royalty, putting him right there in the seats with Art Rooney and Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin. And now what? They're just going to throw him off the plane? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports and this, the newly created DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. This coming Sunday in Arlington, Texas, it'll be the Steelers against the Dallas Cowboys. The Steelers will be going for 8-0. They'll get there. The Cowboys stink. That's going to be a difficult game to pre-analyze over the course of a week. But there are things that will occur these next few days that do matter, that will shape the short and long-term future of the Steelers, in particular, in particular, inside the heart of their defense. To start, the Steelers got some good news yesterday on the injury front. Uh, Relatively good news, I should say. Tyson Alualu, who's been maybe the most pleasant surprise on the roster at any position, uh, but certainly from moving into nose tackle, and replacing Javon Hargrave, has a sprained MCL in his knee, medial collateral ligament. If that's what's confirmed by an MRI he's expected to have, he'll miss two to four weeks. And while that's not ideal, the Steelers' most important games will all come after those two to four weeks. Cam Hayward, who went down first with a cramp and then uh, later again on the Ravens' final drive in Baltimore Sunday, uh, has a minor quad injury. He actually might be ready to go against Dallas, though I'm not sure I would use him given the caliber of the opponent. Let him heal up. But, uh, you know, imagine going and telling Cam that. Inside linebacker, is a little different, and it's going to come with a little bit more drama, I think. Uh, Certainly right off the bat, Avery Williamson, the veteran the Steelers acquired via trade from the Jets late Sunday night in a swap of fifth and seventh rounders in 2021, can't do anything really over the next few days. He's not allowed into the Steelers' facility until Saturday. The Steelers won't even be there on Saturday because they'll be flying down to Dallas-Fort Worth. And if they do suit him up for the game, it's going to be symbolic or something or just have him available in the event that another inside linebacker 
uh, is injured, it's not going to be in any meaningful role. My belief is that when we hear from Mike Tomlin this afternoon at his press conference, he's going to let everybody know that Robert Spillane is still the starter. There's going to be some howls about that, and I, I get both sides of this debate. When you watch Spillane, if you watch him closely, you understand why he's not an NFL starter. Um, you can try as hard as you want, and man, we've seen that he tries. You can even go and have the game of your life in terms of uh, splash-type data, like Spillane did with the, the pick-six interception, uh, two tackles for a loss, pass defense, really nice pass defense, by the way. He was just all-around solid. Led the team, I'm not even mentioning, with 11 total tackles. So he did what was asked of him, but he also, there's stuff that he can't do. And there's stuff that he can't do within the scheme because most unfortunately for him, the player whose place he's taking in the Steelers' scheme is that of Devin Bush. Now, it doesn't mean you have to stay with that script if you're Keith Butler. You're going to have to modify because there isn't another Devin Bush out there. There isn't someone who can cover sideline to sideline the way Bush can. There's not somebody who can take away all those screen passes the way Bush was. He wasn't getting enough credit, and I maintained this when he was healthy. He wasn't getting enough credit for taking away opposing quarterbacks' options while the Steelers were sending the house to go after them and eat them alive. Bush was the one making sure they couldn't just dump the ball off over their heads and torch them on 30-yard screenplays. Spillane's not going to be that guy. So you'd have to you'd have to either reinvent your defense, but even that's not going to work because your other inside linebacker, Vince Williams, who's having a tremendous season, there's zero knock on him, but Vinny's not going to be that guy that you put into the bush roll either. You don't want Vinny dropping back into coverage either. And we, we saw that Sunday in Baltimore when he was burned on one of the Ravens' touchdowns. What you need to do here is to put your two most athletic, your two most capable players at that position onto the field. And this is where it gets tricky. If you're Mike Tomlin, you could say, hey, my general manager just made this trade to make us a lot better. It's a signal to the rest of of the team, look, in case you didn't already think we're going for it here with a 7-0 record, we're really going for it, okay? He could do that, and he'd probably, probably get the buy-in he'd want. This is a mature group, the Steelers guys on defense. They understand that if someone's brought in that all the various litmus tests that are needed to be cleared will be cleared. And in this case, Avery Williamson went to Kentucky with Bud Dupree. They actually played together. So you have a guy right there on the defense, same position too, really, linebacker. 
who can vouch for Williamson. And you can bet everything you own that the Steelers went and talked to Bud before they brought in Avery Williamson. They could do that. But here's the problem with it. And here's why I'm telling you, you're going to hear from Tomlin today that Spillane is his starter for now. And that's this. When you get performance, not so much effort, but performance, maybe based on effort, but performance that's above and beyond, that helps you win football games in tight situations against quality opponents, both of them on the road, you don't just take that player and kick him to the curb. If that sounds hokey or sappy or old-fashioned or whatever it is, so be it. Mike Tomlin has built, has carried over, I should say, a winning culture with the Steelers that's been in place now for five decades. Part of the reason for it is that they do reward winning performance, and they don't assign pedigree to their list of criteria for how they do it. If you're Brett Kiesel and you come in as a completely unheralded nothing prospect and you go and you make an impression for yourself on special teams, which is what what Kiesel did, he made big splash plays on kick coverage. He made everyone notice him. And then he earned his way onto the defensive line, which not a lot of people thought he'd be able to pull off as an NFL starter. Obviously, he did all of that. Why? The Steelers have always rewarded performance. This player, Robert Spillane, has performed. He's performed above anybody's reasonable expectations. He's given an effort that has drawn the open, adoring public accolades from his teammates. They're the ones that wanted him at the front of the plane. You don't just take that and throw it out, especially when the trade is executed just a few hours after the guy had the game of his life. So if Tomlin is smart, and boy is he ever, what you're going to see here is he'll say that Spillane is our starter. This is how it's going to go. Uh, we expect all of our linebackers to be in the rotation and to contribute, blah, blah, blah. But what he can do in the interim is take advantage of the fact that Williamson won't know the defense, won't know how to read and react, certainly won't be ready to wear the green dot and call signals, which should not be overlooked in this equation. And he'll use that time. And Keith Butler and his staff will use that time to coach up Williamson and get him ready for the games that matter. In the short term, it doesn't. It just doesn't. There are some crappy opponents coming up on the schedule, uh, almost as bad as the Cowboys. And this is, if there's such a thing as a good time for the Steelers to have this issue, I would say now is it. But fully expect Robert Spillane to be the starting linebacker for now. For now. Just watch how it plays out. When we come back, what if the NFL 
really has its schedule messed up. They actually have a plan for this now as of yesterday. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back. The football gods are clearly conspiring against the Steelers having a bye week in this calendar year and now the next calendar year, apparently. The NFL's competition committee had a meeting yesterday, and Mike Tomlin, of course, is a member of that committee. The topic that was atop the agenda was how to solve any potential future scheduling headaches as a result of coronavirus that might eat up other teams' bye weeks. What the NFL was looking to avoid is putting in that mythical week 18 that would give all teams a bye leading into the playoffs, but then the team that finishes atop the conference, the number one seed in each conference, would now be sitting out three weeks between football games if that were to happen. Hmm. This portion of Daily Shot is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They're based up in Newcastle, but they help people across the entire region. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. When they make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises right here in our area for over 80 years. LGKG has additional offices in Cranberry, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City, or you can just look them up online at lgkg.com or give them a call at 888-842-5454. There's nothing that I found particularly palatable about this discussion. I don't like the idea of the NFL's schedule going into turmoil, but then I also don't like the fact that the coronavirus is starting to erupt in the Midwest, and who knows where it'll go if a firewall isn't put up and it's kept where it is and not allowed to go berserk in the bigger cities and start doing the kind of damage that we saw back in the spring. That's obviously, obviously number one. I always feel compelled to say that. You know, I'm not saying here's a topic that involves potentially tens or hundreds of thousands of people dying, but let's talk about it from a football perspective. It's a sports show. 
if the NFL schedule is affected and the week 18 option is seen as unfavorable, and I can see why it is, what the league is looking at instead, specifically the competition committee, is having, plain and simple, a 16-team playoff. Just think of the NHL. The the NFL was already going to have a 14-team playoff, slightly expanded, that was going to have seven teams from each conference. One of them would get the bye, the top seed, which is why this is clearly of relevance to the Steelers. And then the other six would play each other, and then that number one seed would come in to the following round. The easiest way to solve that, most unfortunately, is that you eat up that that bye week. So now the Steelers, if they're the number one seed, come in and they play the lowest-seeded wildcard team. The, the qualifiers are simple in this case. It's the four division winners plus four wildcards, regardless of what division they're from. So... Like right now, you'd be looking at, in addition to the division winners, you'd probably looking at, at teams like, you know, Ravens, maybe even the Browns, who knows, Titans or and or Colts. But you're going to have somebody in there that's that's going to be a pretty decent opponent that the Steelers will face right away. Um, I I've long had mixed thoughts on first-round buys in the NFL. You can get anecdotal on this stuff and look at the Ravens last year being 14-2, and two, having their buy, and then the Titans go in, they use the Steelers' defensive blueprint, and they shut down Lamar Jackson, and that's the end of 14-2, and two, just like that. Maybe because the Titans had a great game plan, but maybe because the Ravens got rusty, as a lot of teams will acknowledge they do after a bye week. It takes them a quarter or so, maybe even longer, to really get their legs under them. And yet, when you ask them about it, they're like, oh yeah, a bye week would be great. It would be great because they're thinking about their health and they're thinking about healing and mending and everything else. Rest and recovery. All I hear when I hear this stuff is... They're already planning for the end of the world. So it's hard for me to take it too much beyond that. But then when you look and you see, you know, every other day there's a report of this team or that team has a couple of coronavirus tests. Of course, the Ravens um, having their best cornerback, Marlon Humphrey, test positive either before or after the game against the Steelers, depending on who you believe. And you wonder how these things are going to be contained, again, especially because the country is going the wrong direction with coronavirus, but also because the NFL is not operating in anything remotely resembling a true bubble. The players are going home to their families at night. Simple as that. They're making contact with the outside world. They're not isolated. They're not secluded. All I hope out of this is that the NFL can find a good and safe way to 
continue if it comes down to a 16-team playoff. Uh, I can promise you that I know what Mike Tomlin will say if he's concerned about it. We do not care. Man, we're going to be using that little sound clip now until the end of the time. <laughs> when we come back, uh, just a short note about a real-world thing that's happening. At Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Welcome back. Readers of DK Pittsburgh Sports and listeners to any of our shows know that we don't do politics. We don't do any kind of advocating. We don't do any taking of sides we don't get into red versus blue or this guy versus that guy or whatever um it's just a decision that was made way back at the beginning of this little venture that when you come to read us or to listen to us or to watch us on morning job or whatever it is chances are excellent you are not coming to hear what we have to say about politics and so forth. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. Their current program is called Grow, Share, Thrive. You can find out about it at the website growsharethrive.org. Nearly one in seven people in our region don't know where their next meal is coming from. The pandemic has only made that worse. That was the number in normal times. It's now worse. If you contribute $10 to the food bank through this program right now, there's a matching $5 that comes in from a fund. Now's the time to do it if you've been considering it. $1 is all it takes, just one, to provide enough food for up to five meals. GrowShareThrive.org. So if I sounded like I'm... Leading into, well, I say I'm never going to talk about politics, but here I am talking about politics. I'm actually not going to. I have one thing to say on this election day, and that is for all kinds of reasons, whether they're political or electoral college-based or issues-based or whatever, our region, our little corner of the world, is suddenly being tasked with swinging this election in one direction or the other. And I'm obviously referring to the presidential election more than the down-ballot stuff, although I, I voted in every election and have all my life, large or small. And even one of those the elections where you go and you just see that there's like seven people running unopposed and you go and you vote anyway just to kind of keep a perfect record, I'm one of those. I don't tell people how to vote. I don't tell people how to live their lives. I don't even tell them which players to root for on the teams that I cover. That's just, that's personal. 
It's deeply personal. I'm not going to tell you how I'm going to vote. I don't want you to care how I'm going to vote. I don't want to care how you're going to vote. However, I have believed all my life when I've heard that voting isn't a right as much as it is a duty. That goes double in a democracy. It's what sustains a democracy. It's what makes us different from, say, Belarus right now, which if you follow global politics and storylines as obsessively as I do, you'll know the people there have no voice whatsoever. Every election is a sham election. And whenever they bark about it, they get shouted down, shot down, whatever it is that Alexander Lukashenko, the last remaining dictator in Europe, wants to be done, it gets done. The United States isn't about that. The United States has never been about that. The United States will never be about that. And the number one reason for that is that we can vote. We can vote our conscience, our belief, individually, and have a voice, not just in that election, but in the process, in the system, in something that's sustainable from generation to generation. If you haven't already voted through early voting, go vote. Go do it. It's not just your right. It's your duty. It's all of our duty. Until tomorrow. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.